0: Homeschooling a special needs child isn't something that any of us ever chose as our profession when they asked us in school, Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? (laughs) Being a special needs parent wasn't one of them either, right? That wasn't an option anybody offered us. And yet here we are, we have kids with ADHD, dyslexia, the list is so long that I could go on forever, even just the list of diagnoses that my children have dealt with. And so today I want to demystify how you teach. special needs child today i'm only going to talk about very basic principles to set the foundation for you because i want you to have an understanding to help you shift away from what we learned in school and help you see with your eyes open a new way a more effective way a way that will actually radically change how you see your child and how you interact with your child during your learning opportunities in your everyday life I'm Katie Keene, and you are listening to her Home and Heart podcast, where we conquer overwhelm by pursuing balance through holistic living, holistic homeschooling, and family connections. You're in the right place if you want to replace frustration with peace and master creating a loving sanctuary in your home and your homeschool. Today, I want to help you begin to set the foundation for confidently teaching your child at home. Go grab a warm basket of laundry, pop in your earbuds, and let's start digging into this. You're going to love it. Years and years ago on our journey, we ended up finding ourselves with a set of coaches. They were special needs coaches who had neurodevelopmental training. And from there, we ended up also at an actual institute where we attended for three years to get very intensive training so that we could understand brain development, child development, neurodevelopment, so that we could help our children move forward because we had found that all the extra things that we were doing, all the therapies and it just they weren't working. We were stuck and we needed something more. It was amazing as we as we went through the process of learning all of these amazing principles and having our eyes open to so many things, but also how much gut instinct we actually had already had that I believe you have too if you are able to quiet your mind and quiet all the input we get from the outside and listen to your instincts. You'll be surprised how much of this I believe you already know, but I'm going to go over a few very, very important basic foundations when it comes to teaching a special needs child. Please know I am by no means hitting all of them because there's no way I could, (laughs) especially not in a podcast episode. But I do want to just point out some very simple things that you can do, some mindset shifts that you can make and some environmental things you can change that will begin the process of helping you with this homeschooling in a very productive, very successful way with your child. I want to point out, first off, the idea of understanding what is education. This is a place that most parents struggle. I could do an entire series of episodes on this because over and over and over again, and including in my own past journey, I've seen parents and I've experienced myself this wrestling, this struggle Like, what does it mean to educate my child? Is it that we've checked off all the boxes on a curriculum? Is it that we've satisfied the requirements of the local public school or the local private school or what the grandparents think we should do or what, you know, little Johnny next door is doing or what the person at the therapy center thinks is right? There's all these conflicting ideas, but let's narrow it down to this. Teaching and educating our children is a gift. We are giving them a gift. It's a vital, important, amazing gift. And so when we realize that, when we have these special kids, that we are giving them a gift and it is a free gift to them. It is because we love them and we know that they need this. It can set us free from a lot of that oppression that we can either put on ourselves or feel that we're receiving from other people. And I want you to understand, this was something that we learned and it confirmed so much in my spirit and gut from the neurodevelopmental institute that we are not to ask for that gift back from our children and that would be through testing especially before they're ready children do not like testing and it puts them in a place of hating education because then they have this idea this belief that it's going to be extracted from them in uncomfortable ways or maybe that they're not capable yet of having that output That is very, very common and it can turn children off from wanting to learn. And with our special needs children and even our typical children, it is vital that as we give them this gift, that we've incentivized them in their hearts and in their minds to love to learn that the gift we give them excites them, that we are their partner on this journey, that we are their companion on this learning journey, that we are with them in it, not because we're glaring over them and going to demand back. You remember on those um old TV shows, right, when <laughs> you had a detective or whatever, and they had the hot light, the bright light, and the cigar or the cigarette, and they're like demanding answers from the person that they're interrogating. Children, especially challenged children, can truly feel like that, even with the simplest of quiz. So please keep that in mind. Teaching is a gift to our child. And the way that we can gift them in a state that requires a lot of documentation and has a lot of regulations, like a state I live in, is that we track what they're doing in in ways that speak to the educational system and explain what our child has learned, but without it being tests from our child, unless your state absolutely requires that and see what you can do if there are any other options, if you have a child who has special needs, to work around that and have evaluations other ways. That was a long first tip. The second tip I wanted to share with you is always speak to your children with the same respect that you would use speaking to adults. This can get very hard. Culturally, that is not something that is encouraged. We do not see it out in public. It's very rare to see adults speaking to children with respect Usually they're either being talked to like babies or like they're stupid or like they're being bad all the time. You know, there's just a lot of things that we see, whether it's in movies or out in the store, parents who are not making decisions that actually create that strong connection with our child. And we need to give respect to our child as a human being. It will actually encourage them to trust us and to partner with us on their learning journey. So very important. That was tip two. Here's another concept I really want you to understand for a foundation of your homeschool journey with your special child and your typical children. This applies to all children. Please trust yourself and trust your child. Know deep in your heart that you have the best student. They already have a developmentally young mind. They're neurologically young. And if they have already got some form of special need, it's likely that their developmental stages are even lower than their age which is actually good. I could not believe that when I was taught that, but that meant I had more time, more developmental time. It was moving slower, which was terrible for my child overall if I did not intervene, but wonderful for me because I wanted to intervene. So you have the best student. Trust this and know that your student has the best teacher. No one loves your child like you do, and no one knows them as well as you do. So as your parent. I know you can read their body language, you can understand their communication, even if they're nonverbal. My son, who is profoundly disabled, is entirely nonverbal. He has very, very small little words he's been able to say in the past, but they're singular, they've morphed, and he really has lost a lot of them as his um, epilepsy has worsened over the years. Yet, we understand everything that he is trying to communicate to us. And I know that you can. And I want to encourage you that your nonverbal child can learn to read. That one really shocked me as well. But your nonverbal child can learn to read even if they cannot read aloud to you. Reading aloud is not proof of the ability to read. I've got to tell you this story. Way back when we first started our journey with this neurodevelopmental institute, we were being taught how to teach a child who had severe special needs how to read. And it was a system unlike anything I'd ever seen in the U S it was a system that actually is used out in other countries very often. And so some of the people who were in our cohort learning alongside of us said, we're very surprised to see that Americans do not use this system. And I was very surprised to hear that because I had never heard of this system, (laughs) but it was an incredible, amazing system. Anyway, it required for me to make books. So I would make printed, books of pictures he loved and would be educational for him and words the size that I believed that he could actually do. Young children often will be able to read things like billboards in the days where those were very popular much sooner than they could read words in a book because it has to do with their vision development. So they wanted us to make books that had large words to give our child the best opportunity to read and we had already done a lot of work prior to that. I'm sorry if you hear loud sounds in the background. I, my little disabled son is shrieking he's having fun and i think he's wrestling with his dad and brothers um to the best of his ability and that can be very loud so (laughs) please excuse us if you hear that anyway so i was making these books and making these books and i mean really i was staying up late to like one in the morning and two in the morning and trying to come up with poetry and fun rhymes and books and words I could put to song and every time I would sit down with him with a new book and I literally was making like three books a day because he would not pay attention to them he would look away and I thought oh I am failing I am failing him he is not learning to read nothing that they're teaching us is actually working I just don't understand So the time came where we had to pack up our family and go back for our review. I would send in reports every couple months and every six months we'd go back for a full week for in-depth training and very intensive appointments and evaluations before we would be assigned a new part of our neurodevelopmental program and we'd come home and then implement that. And so I packed up my bag full. Of all of the books that i had made for him and then some of the books that i had purchased for him and wanted to bring all these samples to them so they could help with the evaluation to see what i was doing wrong so we drive our five or six hours up to where we needed to be and we finally make it to the point where we are having our reading evaluation and i show them all these books they're just piled in a stack on the desk and so the precious evaluator sits down and she looks at the books and she says, these are lovely. Oh, mom, these books are beautiful. You really worked hard. I can tell. And then she held one up and he immediately looked away. So she went to her bookshelf of books that he had never seen before. And she says, let me try something. I'm curious. I want to see what happens. And she pulled down a book that was probably an early junior high book at that point in, the, in our journey. And she opened it. She also had a set of questions that were already pre-made for that book based on the content in the book and so she said just give me a minute so we held him on our lap you know as she's sitting there with all of our books on her desk in front of her and she begins to hold this book up and flipped the pages and she flipped it for him really quickly we were really surprised and he kept looking at it he didn't turn his head away he didn't grunt he didn't kick he didn't do any of the things that he would do when i was showing him my beautifully handmade books so Then she says, Okay, thank you for reading the book. That was wonderful. I mean, they were done quickly. And so then she holds up cards and she asks him a question and says, I want you to look at the card that has the right answer. And they were big words and there was, you know, a correct answer and an incorrect answer. And so we watched as he would turn his head to the direction of the card that he believed was the right answer now this is a nonverbal child who if you looked at him you would say well i don't know can he even understand what you're saying <laughs> and over and over again she very quickly went through the question and showed him the answers the right and the wrong answer and put them down and okay and showed him the next one And okay and each time he got them right we were blown away we could not believe it i i could not believe it he was reading at a junior high level quickly and this was a child who at the time was i believe five and I hadn't trusted myself, I hadn't trusted my amazing student, and I hadn't understood that even a nonverbal child can learn to read, and that my only evaluation of reading is not that a child read aloud. That is an entirely different, absolutely different thing. It's Reading is not an academic subject. That was something they taught us there. And they said, no, mom, reading, this is a neurological function. And so the output of reading aloud is actually proof that there is a pathway that is beginning to be fully developed. So don't push it, don't rush it, and don't stress it. Don't make your child stressed. Don't stress yourself. I know that was a long story, but I had to tell you because it blew us away and it changed everything in how we understood his ability to learn, even when the world would disregard his amazing abilities, even when the world would look at him and say, we don't know what this kid can really do. We don't think he can do anything. You know, he he can't talk. He can't do anything independently. He can't feed himself safely. He can't dress himself. Like he's really, he needs 24-7 care, which he still does to this day. But we underestimated what a brilliant child is inside of this body that is so challenged. So give your child and yourself all the credit. Give yourself credit. And then trust the process. Because every bit of information that you put into your child's mind... That is building and growing a new pathway in your child's brain. So trust it. Just give them the input, input, input. They told us that over and over and over again. That is foundational for teaching a special needs child. So read to that child. Show them flashcards of words. You know, if you ever want to hear more about this program that we did, please, please email me. If you're not in our Facebook group, um, go there, put your email address in the questions, and I'll let you in the group. You can ask me questions, or you can just reply directly to one of the emails. I don't spam you, by the way. I do send emails, but they're always useful, and I don't do it often enough, and I'm sorry for that (laughs) to all of you who listen. But if you're already on my email list, just write me, hit reply, and write back to me, and um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you what books to go get. I'll tell you how, you know, where you can even access this neurodevelopmental institute if you'd like. So... Anyway, trust the process. Know that when you also integrate daily movement into the schedule so that when you're teaching your child, you're not making them sit there for long amounts of time, that you're getting a lot of that cross pattern motion, whether you're walking, running, swimming, creeping, crawling. There are so many ways that you can get or even break-y hitting, which is the monkey bars. You can get so much brain development through putting in physical movement in that cross pattern motion, making it a fun game really rewarding, lots of laughing, you know, do whichever one your kid wants to do that day. We still to this day have a brachiation ladder in our family room. I kid you not. (laughs) If you go look on my Instagram way, way back, you'll see my youngest child actually brachiating across. I didn't show him coming back because I didn't want to show his face. But you are building your child's brain by playing with them, by doing physical activities, by reading aloud to them, by showing them flashcards, by bringing them places and talking to them. And just trust that you are giving a gift to your child and don't ask for it back. Not yet. All right, there is one more area I want to touch on. Again, this is a a light brief touch I mean I am not in any way covering all the bases here but these are very important and they'll make an impact for you quickly so the last part is physiology and physical health but let me really quickly review I want you to remember teaching is a gift to your child don't ask for it back speak to your children with the same respect that you would use speaking to an adult promise you this is so worthwhile and it's hard (laughs) especially when you're wiped out having a family government in your home will help with this i promise trust yourself and trust your child you have the best student and you are the best teacher and understand that your child's capabilities are far beyond what the world will tell you that they are trust this and then trust the process pour in pour in put everything you can into your child's brain into their day and get movement in there and then remember you're building their brain through all of this all right back to the last one, which is physiological and physical health. These truly impact your child's ability to learn and develop. And you've probably heard kids with autism end up on a lot of special anti-inflammatory diets. And there's a lot of different types of Of diets out there now. Um, Years ago, in the beginning of our podcast, if you scroll way back and find one with Julie Matthews, she actually specifically works with diet to help with symptoms of autism and ADHD and all of that. And she talks about very bio individualized diet. It's also about environment. And unfortunately, this is an area that's so overlooked and so underrated a lot of the time, but it is absolutely paramount to making progress with your child. So if you have a special needs child in your home and you are trying to learn to homeschool them, please do not disregard this. I know a lot of times parents go, "Ugh, even I do still to this day sometimes when I have to go reinvestigate what's going on. Like right now I've had something going on with me and I'm inflamed and I'm sorting it out, but it's just one more thing to have to think about. Ugh, I have to track what I'm eating. Ugh, I have to change this or that." But you know what? In the end, It is so worth it. And when it comes to our child and their ability to learn, please know you can change your day for the better just by very simple things. So let me give you a couple of ideas and then we'll wrap up for today. Know that if they're not having the right balance of protein, fat, and carbs during the day, they're not gonna think correctly. If they've had a carby or sugary breakfast and then their blood sugar crashes and then they feel tired or they can't think and they've got brain fog or they're edgy or they're hungry and so then they're hangry, it's not going to go well, you know, because that happens to us, right? We have our little sip of cold coffee throughout the day. We forget to feed and fuel our bodies in the morning. And next thing you know, we're crabby. We're not dealing with the kids' noises and messes well. We're not making it through school and learning with our kids because we can't think. And all we want is a nap and it's not good. So make sure for yourself, for your kids, there's simple things you can do on the weekend. Just put together a snack drawer get some things in there that are simple and easy to grab for those moments when you really do not have time to sit and prep and you're tired. So make sure you've got that right amount of protein, fat, and carbs throughout the day. Make sure you're all hydrated. If you get dehydrated, for example, my son with epilepsy, it can actually cause him more seizures to get dehydrated. Make sure that you are all drinking enough water. Also not getting enough physical activity. I already touched on the fact that cross pattern motions are so important. So work that in, make that a part of your fun, make it a reward. Hey guys, let's go play red light, green light. I used to do that with the kids when we were at one of our duty stations and Steve had a long, long, long days at work. It was one where he didn't deploy much, but we had a lot of time by ourselves. So we would get out and we would play red light, green light. Well, that meant they were running for part of it, which was getting the cross pattern motion in. They were learning discipline really listen to mom when she says red or green or yellow what does that mean and then we would actually say to them anywhere we went later when we weren't playing and we wanted them to stop oh red light they'd automatically do it because they associated it with a fun game suddenly obedience was fun so go get physical activity make it fun take breaks don't do long learning sessions do short impactful fun learning sessions and then break it up with good food, lots of eye contact and time getting some motion. All right, two more physical health tips I want to cover and then we're done. So your child can be prevented from learning properly and learning quickly if there is a toxin overload. Now where in the world will your little sweetheart get toxins? I wondered this for my children too. Well, there are so many ways and we don't even realize them. And this is something that I need an entire series of episodes on as well. Hopefully I remember. If you want me to make them actually email me and then I'll remember. (laughs) You can be my reminding system. But toxin overload can come from simple places we're not thinking about. It can come from our body washes, shampoos, soaps hand soaps it can come from our laundry detergents it can come from our dish detergents it can come from our floor mopping products it can come from whatever we're dusting with if we're not just using one of those magnetic cloths there are so many ways it can come from starting our cars in the garage and suddenly the fumes come up through the walls and through the floorboards and everything and now it's in the room above or the room next to you these are things we don't even think about you know or Air fresheners. That is not just hurting your child, that is hurting you too. If you struggle with weight or any kind of feeling sluggish and brain fog, please take those out of your home and switch to something natural like essential oils or just opening the windows and keeping the house freshly clean. Home cleaning products are a huge deal. Body products are a huge deal. And food, food with chemicals. These are especially for special needs children who are fragile. And they may not seem fragile, but something is not right. So, foods with chemicals on them or in them and highly processed foods our kids bodies can't use that information and it hurts them processed foods they don't have the same kind of whole food effect on the body that the kids need they don't have the same micronutrients and macronutrients that our kids need in their brain and when we get those toxic chemicals from the plants being sprayed and all this other stuff it's really dangerous for them and it's not good for us either so um, the last thing is they can have an unrecognized autoimmune condition that creates inflammation that can really hurt learning there are a lot of ways to reduce inflammation i'd be happy to talk about those as well if you're interested again just reach out to me in the group make a post i will definitely see it because i have to approve them that's one great way to get through to me send me a dm email me whatever it takes so please let me know if these are topics that you're interested in because i have a wealth of knowledge in them i love passionately to talk about them (laughs) So, you will know everything that I know. If you want to hear about it, you just have to let me know that you want to know. Remember, teaching is a gift to your child. Speak to them with the same respect you use for adults. Trust yourself and trust your child. Your nonverbal child can do so many things. Never underestimate that brilliant little kid. Trust the process. And realize that a lot of this learning is not actually an academic subject. It is actually a neurological function. And it is neurological development that you're watching happen. And the learning and the gift of giving them all of this learning and information is helping them develop. Physical and physiological health is so important. It can make a tremendous difference. So I pray that this blesses you today. Oh my goodness, I pray it blesses you. I don't know if you're interested in self-care. I'm going to be doing a self-care membership because I already have the special needs membership. And so I want to help support the special needs membership. I'm going to be doing a tea membership, but it's about self-care with tea. So all of that tea you already have in your closet, because all of us have a million things of tea in our closet. If we like tea, I want to actually encourage us all to slow down for a few minutes, just a couple times a week, slow down and start to focus on keeping connected with who we are, and who God says we are, so that we don't lose ourselves in motherhood. The people I'm speaking to the most for this membership, it's going to be mothers who have poured out and poured out and poured out, and they're ready to pour in. But if you're ready to pour in, I don't yet have anything to sell. I haven't made the membership, but I have a waitlist. So if you go to herhomeandheart.net slash t waitlist, and I'll put it in the description for this episode. I'm going to be doing a few fun things. The kids and I are mulling over all these different ideas for some beta testing. You know, there will be some great, fun opportunities um, if you want to try that out. So again, that is herhomeandheart.net slash T waitlist. It's (laughs) T-E-A. Just go to the link in the description. That's so much more simple. Don't forget in the description, there's lots of goodies for you. So pop over there and I hope to see you on the T waitlist. I'll talk to you next week. Blessings to you, my friend. As busy homeschooling parents, we are always looking for new ways to balance our busy lives. If you have not heard of CTC Math, I'm very excited to share about it with you. My family is often on the go to medical appointments and therapies and all the different things that I know you have also experienced. CTC Math is a godsend because it allows my kids to learn at their own pace and in their own way. Head over to ctcmath.com and start your free trial and tell them we sent you.